Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on, I'm Pastor Bubba McCann. I'm the senior pastor of uh, our three campuses, uh, Jennings, Crowley, and in Eunice. And just to give you a little report, yesterday we did a really small event in Jennings. Uh, it's called the Egg Drop, and we had over 7,000 people come to our Egg Drop. And a lot of times, you know, people... You know, sometimes, you know, the best thing you can do is not just have people come to church, but go be the church in public. And uh, it was just neat to be able to see people that served and gave and did all that they did yesterday. And I know I was at the 8 o'clock service there, and we have three services there, and it was packed this morning. So we know it's just people getting ready for Easter. And when I think about this morning, this is Palm Sunday. If you weren't familiar with that, it's the week that... that Jesus was coming on a donkey, and people began to wave palm leaves, and they said, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And we know they went from Hosanna on one Friday, and the next Friday they were saying, crucify him. And so, uh, you know, it's an incredible thing to be able to know the Lord. I've been serving God now almost uh, 38 years. And so I got saved when I was six. But anyway, just... and. Uh, and so, uh, you know, to be able to see my son, some of them in ministry, others are doing great things, and they love God. And, you know, my greatest prayer, my wife and I's prayer is like, Lord, we just pray they'd be violent for you. We don't care what they do. Just let them just be, let them bring, wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness. And so this morning, I know Pastor Zach has been uh, uh, clearly been stating, you know, we talked about, he did a series, I'm going to wrap it up this morning, on necessary sins. And uh, he's talked about gossip which I heard one pastor, a lady came up to him and said, you know, pastor, I, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about coming to the altar and, and uh, getting rid of my, my and, and God's been dealing with me about gossip. And he looked at her and he says, honey, let me just say thank you. Honey, I don't think the altar is big enough for the tongue you've had in this church. But anyway, that's a whole nother thing. And then I, I know that with anger, you just add a D to anger, it just becomes dangerous. You end up saying things and doing things. How many of you ever walked in anger before? Okay, and the rest of you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. And that may, brings me to my message this morning. Some of you are like, well, what are necessary sins, Pastor Bub? I'm, that's why I love coming to Crowley, because y'all ask good questions every time I come. And so, you know, there are some sins in the world today that everybody would agree they're wrong. We know that rape is wrong. We know that murder, that's wrong. We know that stealing is wrong. But unfortunately, in our culture, there's other sins that somehow, with, uh, these are more acceptable and uh, some might even say they're necessary. And say, even though they may be more acceptable, that doesn't mean that they are right in God's eyes. How many are you talking about? And so what are, we, what are we going to do in this series? We're going to take ordinary sins, we rationalize, but we're going we're gonna to look at them through God's perspective. So I know that Zach had this prayer, and I just want to read that prayer this morning. It's kind of the the theme of every message we're doing in this series. And if you look on the screen, it's going to be uh, Psalms 139. Can we put that up there? Or There it is. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. Point out anything in me that offends you. Come on. And he says, this is a prayer. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. In other words, it's a prayer that David's getting. He said, Lord, if there's anything in me, please point it out that I can make things different. You know, I, know, I don't know about you, but there was a, a pastor that he, made, he gave an assignment to his church. And he said, he said listen, uh, what I want to do is uh, 
I want to give everybody homework at the church this Sunday. Now, th- this next Sunday, I want, by next Sunday, I want people to be able to have read Mark chapter 17. And I want you to come back and read Mark 17 to me next week. And so everybody was like, all right, Mark 17, Mark 17. So the next Sunday came. And so what happened is he was waiting. He said, all right, let me ask him, who did their assignment and read Mark chapter 17? Well, about five people stood up. He said, okay. He said, would you give us a public reading? of Mark chapter 17. And so, you know, one of the guys got up and he said, sure, pastor, I'll do it, no problem. And he goes, Luke 14, 15, 16, Luke 1. Wait a minute. 15, 16, Luke 1. There is no Mark chapter 17. And so, you know, he said, what what the heck? But can you imagine? Let me just say this. Not only did they lie, they lied in church. That's like a lie on steroids. And so the pastor said, you know, today's message in my sermon is on lying. And so how many of you have ever lied? I want you to look around and look at people and that don't have their hand up, go, you are lying right now. <laughs> you know, uh, you see, one of the first things we learn as kids is to lie. You never have to teach your kids about lying. How many of you are talking about? Now, children, we're going to do lying 101. Daddy's going to teach you the art of how to deceive your mother. Or you ever have them where they, they, you know, did you eat some chocolate? And they go, no, they got chocolate everywhere. And it's just kind of, it's, we're kind of hardwired into our sinful nature just to lie. Now, I have a video of my precious grandson, Timothy, and I want to give you an example how children really are. Can we play that video? Here we go. Timothy Paul. Dad! What are you doing? Oh, no. Are you supposed to be in bed? Oh, no, my hair. Did you cut your hair? No. Did you cut your hair? No. Did you cut your hair? No. Why are you not in bed? Did you cut your hair? Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Where? Why is hair falling? Come on, give it up for my grandson. He really is precious. But we're all like that. Come on. And, and you, know, you know, the Bible says, and there's three points I'm going to give you this morning. And, and God hates lying. How many believe that? When, when in, in Proverbs, it says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Now, that word detest means something disgusting. In other words, it makes you nauseous. In other words, it makes God want to vomit when he sees people lie. See, John chapter 8, verse uh, uh, 44, it says, Satan, and we'll look at it, Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. How much truth is in him? No truth. When he lies, he speaks his native what? Language. And he says, for he is a liar and the father of lies. How many of you ever heard that saying? When I was a kid, I used to watch cowboy and Indian movies. And that, those were in before they had all the superheroes and stuff. And, and I remember, like, you know, you'd be blood brothers. You'd cut your hand and you'd kind of put there and your mom find out. She puts comb on it, slaps you, whatever. Don't do that. But you ever heard the saying, he speaks with a farked tongue? 
And what happened is the Indians, what they used to do, they would take knives, and then what they'd do is they'd put a knife in a hot fire, and it, the blade would get white, super hot. And what happens if you tell a lie, your saliva dries up but in your mouth. But if you tell the truth, you still have saliva. So what would happen if they would, che- they would test them to see if they were lying, so they'd put the blade on their tongue, and they'd say, duck. They were lying. So that's where they got the saying, he speaks with a farkin' tongue. And so for many, y'all got that? Okay, I'll put my knife away. But what happens is, is today I want to talk to you about two big things. First, I want to talk to you about how it is that we lie. The second thing, then I want to take you down a, 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 a step deeper into our hearts. You see, and talk about why we actually deceive others so that we can be so we can be transparent and we can allow the Holy Spirit to do a cleansing work in our lives. Is that all right? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. And we, talk, and, and, and we will talk about the how, then we're going to talk about the why. And so let's look at the how. How do we lie? Let me say this. We, we, it's pretty obvious we lie to others. You see, Jeremiah says, friends deceive friends and no one speaks the truth. You know what, ladies, it's shameful, but I have to share this. You know that women lie three times a day on average? That's terrible. That means that women lie a thousand times a year. Isn't that, that's just terrible. Men, don't get all puffy yet. I ain't got to you. They say that men lie twice as much. At least six times a day. And so what happens is, is that what, what happens is, you know, it's like you think about that. We, you know, we lie about, you know, we overslept. We got, we caught, got caught in traffic. My fish is bigger than your fish. You know, uh, or we lie about the cost of things. Or we lied, you know, she was looking pretty hot in those pants, but you didn't tell the truth. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. We lie about why we don't go to an event. You know, there was a guy named Armand Hammer that was uh, the president of Occidental Oil Company. And in the 20s, what he did is he, he had all these things printed about his life. And he said it was, he became a millionaire at 21. And then he gave all this money away to different charities and different groups and everything else. And he died. And when he died, and he would fly this, this jumbo jet into Europe and all these places and stuff. But come to find out, when he died, a Harvard professor began to study his life. And they came to find out that he was never a millionaire at 21. He never gave away the hundreds of thousands of dollars that he said he did. In fact, he was a stingy man. And the jet that used to fly was Occidental Oil Company's jet, not his own, which he'd always say was his. So he lived a lie. You know, about three and a half years ago, I'm just, can I confess? I feel confession coming on. Is that all right? About three and a half years ago, I was in the market of getting a new truck. because my, my little truck was a good truck, but it was time to get a new one. And so I started shopping, and I had this one dealership. I said, Pastor, well, we really like, we're going to give you a deal. We'll get, I said, and I have friends in New Orleans that own stuff, and friends that own different dealerships. And he said, no, and I said, man, look, you got to beat them. I said, we'll beat them. So they did. And so I bought this new truck, which I really enjoy. I like. I've had it for about three and a half years, almost four years. And I remember when I came home, my wife goes, how much did that truck cost? And I go, well... I subtracted the trade in, and I told her that's what the price was. 
And she kept going, that just doesn't make sense. She's not stupid, all right? And it took me two and a half, almost three months. If she was here, probably three months, she'd tell the truth. And said, it took you three months to tell me the truth about that. Why? Because sometimes we feel it's more necessary not to tell the whole truth, but a lie's better than the truth. Amen? I see, this might be the last time y'all ever have me come back and preach. Because y'all going to say, Pastor Zach, we don't want your daddy. He's a liar. He comes and lies at the church, lies at the Confesses about his lies and all that. So here, what I want to do is, see, not only do we lie to others, but here's one that we do sometimes that we don't recognize is we lie to God. Acts chapter 5 is a story. It's an interesting story. And it's about all these believers and they're selling their possessions and they're, they're coming and they're, they're giving all their money and, and anybody that has need. And they, they had this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, and what they did is said, we're going to sell everything and we're going to give it all. But what they did, they were in cahoots and they were saying, we're going to appear, we're going to act like we gave it all, but we're going to hold back this amount, whatever it was. And what happens is when they come, what happens, they come and they lie to the apostles. And he falls dead. And the Bible says the young men dragged him out. How many of you like to be one of them young men dragging him in? He just lied to God. I, how many of you that might, t- that might stir you up and goes, I ain't going to be a liar? And then his wife comes, and the same boys that had dragged her, dragged her buddy out for lying. And see, I believe this is that for many people, you know, you know what? I, it, conf- Peter confronts them, and, and this is what he said. What, what made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. You see, the more you lie to others and you lie to God, and the more, and, and the more before long, you're not just telling lies, but you're living. You're actually living a lie. You see, and this is where darkness gets really dark. How many of you have ever told a lie about a lie about a lie that you had to cover a lie that you lied about? Come on. Yeah, see, some people get real here. Okay, I used to do that before I was a Christian, you know, and, 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 and it's like we lie to others, we lie to God. And then and the, and the third one, here's one we do sometimes, is we lie to ourselves. We deceive ourselves through, through and through. Psalm says it like this, 119. He says, help me to understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. There, there are too many times in my life to count when I actually deceived myself and started believing my own lies. Everybody around, everybody around you and say, hey, man, you got a problem. Yeah, I ain't got a drinking problem. I ain't no drunk. I just like beer. Or it could be a relational problem in your marriage. One person will say, well, I'm not the problem. It's all her. And she's going, I'm not the problem. He's your, you know what? See, what you don't know is you are part of the problem and you're deceiving yourself. You see, one of the biggest fears there are sometimes is, is people that lie about themselves or lie about your own standing with God. And see, you say, hey, that's, you know, I go to people, hey, I'm okay with God. And the reason that scares me is because I go to campus to campus. And sometimes, and I know people on their journey, and some people are kicking the tires. This is going to be their church. 
And then I begin to look in their eyes and I go, well, how's your relationship with God? And, and you can see there, there's no, how can I say it? There's no spiritual progress being made. And that's a place that scares me as a pastor and for our churches and for our people because we want you to, we want you to, be a, we want you to have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ because the Bible says he's the one that will set you free. Amen? How many tried to be better on your own? How'd that work out for you? No one can. I remember my grandmother used to drag me and my brother. I was, before I did drugs, I was drugged to church by my grandmother. And we would go to this one place in Lafayette or Lake Charles sometimes. And my brother and I, we would smoke dope before the service. And we would sit in the back row. And we'd go, and we'd go oh, man, it's going to be a show. They had Sister Teapot in one corner. Woo, 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 woo. And she'd say something scare you. And then people doing crazy stuff. And I'm not coming against all those things, but it was just, when you're stoned, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and I remember people would walk, no one would ever talk to us. I guess we gave them that look like. And they'd pass by and sometimes you hear them, devil boy, Jesus name, devil boys. You see, I just know this. First John says it like this. This is a sobering verse. Whoever says I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. So we lie to other people. We lie to God. And sometimes we lie to ourselves. To overcome this, I want to get you to the heart of the matter. Why do we lie? See, I like coming because you'll ask good questions. Why do we lie? Why is it that we find ourselves believing the lie that the lie would be better than the truth? You ever wonder that? You see, I like to call it make life easier lies. What does that mean? But we say things like, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I want to make myself look better. Or I believe this will help me get ahead if I say it like this. Once you start, it's typically you begin the snowball effect. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Before long, you're just telling little lies, but now you're starting to believe your own lies that you've told, and you start living the lies. You know, they had a, a church in Oklahoma. They did a thing where they said, just send us, send us what you believe are your lies. And so some of the real-life examples of why people lie, they said, why do you lie? And I have three of them right here. I just want to read them to you. And this is from a church in Oklahoma. And they said, my life, my whole life, I've struggled with telling the truth. My problem is I hate to disappoint people. So if I failed them, I lie about it. I also lie because I'm trying to impress people and to convince people to do something I want them to do. I even lied to women in the past to get them to sleep with me. The second person, I pretend that everything in life is perfect. But the truth is that I hate myself. And most days, I wish I would die. My family and friends don't have any idea. No one knows that I think about killing myself every day. The third person says, my husband thinks I was a virgin when we were married. Not only was I not a virgin, but I had an abortion when I was 19. Now we can't get pregnant. And I'm afraid God is punishing me for my lies. Please pray for me. I don't know what to do. You know what I hear when I read these? I hear the pain in these people. And they're, they're stuck. And they don't know how to get out of their lies. 
You see, I want to ask you a question. Here's a question. Why do I lie? Why do you lie? I lie because some might say, well, I do it mostly to protect the feelings of others. Some might say, well, I do it to make myself look better. Some of you might say, I don't like what's going on in my life, so I say something else for somebody to think that things are better than they really are in my life. Some of you might do it to impress other people. Some of you might do it, I'm afraid of what other people would think if I told them the truth. For example, I might think my lies are better than the truth. If, if I lie, it will bring me security. Truth is, the truth is, it will make you more insecure. See, I, you can't build a foundation on your, of your life on a lie. You know what? No one drives around Crowley and goes, honey, look at the foundation on that house. We got to get it. But let the storms of life come. Let truth begin to be happening in your life or difficult situations. That foundation will not keep you where it needs to keep you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many you know that we all face trials, tribulation, hardships? Come on. I'm in the right church. Don't get quiet on me. You see, the most important thing is when I preach and I ask you a question, you can yell back, okay? Or you can throw up a hanky and say, I give up, whatever. If I lie, then it'll make, me more, it'll make me have good relationships. Truth is, you can't have a real relationship based on lies. So what do I do? You know what? Here, here's what you do. If I would say that this represents truth right here with a big T, truth. And this represents who I really am right here. This is me. See, the further I am from truth, it's easier to lie. Come on. Because what happens, we begin to believe lies. And imagine, you know what, the further you are from yourself, the more you lie. I lie to, to others, I lie to God, and I lie, and I lie to myself. But the closer I get to the truth, when I start believing that, you know, that, that he died for me, to set me free from myself, come on. That if I confess my sins, he's faithful to just, to forgive me for all that I've done, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, come on. If I, I begin to believe that, you know, he has life, he has life for me. He doesn't have death, he has life. And if I begin to embrace that truth, I become closer and more like him, Amen. And what happens is many times is we, we, we stray from truth. And what happens is God says you've been forgiven. What you got to do is you got to step in that truth and believe it. How many of you believe you've been forgiven? Let me just tell you, the difference between condemnation and conviction is this. Condemnation says you'll never amount to anything. You'll be like a barnacle on the bottom of a shrimp boat in Delcom Harbor. And you'll never change. So you see yourself that way. You look in the mirror and you go, I look in the mirror and go, I've been fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God. Come on, good looking. You know, God says I'm forgiven. When I believe that, I step closer to the truth. You know, when I believe that there his freedom sets me free, I move closer to the truth. That, that when I, what I'm saying is not that who I am, I step, when I begin to believe who God says I am, I step closer to the truth. 
I get close to the truth, but not by what I do, but first by what I believe. You see, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I, my, actions follow, my actions follow my beliefs. You know, feelings follow choices. I have people all the time say, Pastor Bubba, I just don't feel like I love them anymore. Well, your feelings deceive you. You got to begin to make different choices. Come on. If you want to have a good relationship, you may, to, you may, to, you may need to put some wood in the fireplace. Because if, if you think a fire is going to happen in a fireplace by itself, you're wrong. You got to put it there, and then you got to light a match and make something happen. Amen? It's the same way with God. Every day I got to get up and I go, God, I love you. Today is a day that you've made. I'm going to rejoice in it. No matter how I feel, no matter what I go through, no matter if my little girl tells me I need to brush my teeth when I go to bed because I have bad breath. She does tell me the truth. She's 13. See, when you lie, it gets scary because you can get caught. Come on. The more we tell the truth, the harder it is to believe. You know what? It's harder to, the more you tell lies, it's harder to believe the truth. See, John says it like this. So y'all with me? John 8, 32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All we need to do is start believing truth. The truth is, the truth will set you free. Come on, truth. Who's truth? Jesus is truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. When I begin to believe the truth of the word of God, all of a sudden I can have an intimate uh, fellowship with God. No matter what I face, no matter what I go through, I know that he loves me, he cares for me, no matter what thing, how things seem. You see, i got to believe what he says about me. you got to believe what he says about you. you. When you believe who he says you are, you're stepping closer to truth. And that's where the enemy wants to keep you from. It's truth. Are y'all with me? See, when you get to the truth, the truth sets you free. All you have to do is start believing what he says about you. The more I believe it, the truth will set us free. And see, I believe this, is that in my life, when I embrace truth, I can walk through anything. Because guess what? My life is built on the foundation of Jesus and the Bible says he will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Well, Pastor Bubba, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what my, my ex-husband or my ex-wife or my kids have said. You don't know my finances. You don't know what I, I don't know, but he does. And he's, the Bible says he knows what you need even before you ask. That means that when you begin to ask, when you begin to come to the place where you tell the truth, you say, God, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. We got to identify who we are and what we need. And all of a sudden, it's like, my, it's, like, it's like my son, my son, my youngest son, Luke. I was driving him to Lake Charles the other day, and we were, getting, we were getting a baseball glove. And he wants to be a doctor, and he's smart enough. Straight A's and a B, okay? I mean, I never had that. Not even when I cheated on my grades and brought him home. My mom, anyway. And I remember I was looking at him. I said, son, what are you looking at? Because, you know, kids that are 14 and 13, you're going to be like, what are you looking he said, well, I'm, I'm actually, Daddy, I'm, I'm, I'm reading about the, uh, the theory of relativity by Einstein. I go, oh, good. Then he starts explaining it to me. I'm like, really? Okay, I don't care what the theory of relativity tells you. <laughs> but you know what? Here I am worrying about maybe he's watching something or looking something that's, you know what I mean? And, you know, we, we can be so susceptible that, 
this little gadget can take you places you don't want it to go. You don't want to go. And so that's why you need in your life to set the truth of what God says in front of you. You know, maybe you have the scripture today come. Maybe you have something that you block so you don't put something in your mind. You don't begin to believe a lie. Whatever it is, we're so susceptible, you know, in our society. And God doesn't want us to be like culture. God wants us to be like his son. Amen? And the more that we get closer to the truth, we become like his son. And what we can do is when we embrace truth, we can help other people when they're believing a lie. I, you know, as I've walked through different things in my life, through cancer and things like that, I meet people that, that I'm sitting in a chemo chair with and I've been dealing with for eight years. And, and, and it's like people start to freak out. And I just like tell them the word of God. I begin to pray with them. I had a lady goes, she goes, oh, my goodness. That was the most beautiful prayer I ever heard anybody say. Can you record that? I'm like, I was just praying how I normally pray. Because let me tell you something. No matter what circumstance you're in, if you begin to believe a lie, the enemy what he wants to do, he wants to blind you and shield you to what the truth of what Jesus says, that you've been set free. you got to believe that. And there's two things. Let me just wrap this up. Is that all right? There are a couple of things that I believe that we need to talk about. And I believe this is that when you come to a place in your life and you begin to recognize there's some things that you've allowed to compromise in your life, I believe there's some things you have to do. So can we just pray? Just bow your heads and close.